Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Amen. Thank you so much, PG. Thank you, worship team. Amazing, amazing today. And Darlene, we celebrate you today. Happy, happy birthday. So uh, many of you know that PG is our children's pastor. What you might not know is that PG volunteers her time during the week as our early childhood uh, ministries director. And Darlene, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for all the time that you invest in the spiritual discipleship of the youngest kids in our church. Can we express our appreciation? Thank you. And I'll just tell you another way that you can express appreciation this morning and even give her a birthday present that is more valuable than, than a check or a gift would be for you to walk up to her after service and say, you know what, God has stirred my heart to be a part of the early childhood ministries, and I want to serve alongside you and be a part of that. And so if a dozen or two dozen of you want to walk up to her after service today and make this the best birthday that she's ever experienced, feel free to do that. <laughs> Well, last weekend was incredible with Dr. Crosby. If you missed it, I would encourage you, strongly encourage you to watch online at crosspointwaverly.com or YouTube or Facebook. It was a phenomenal weekend. I wonder how many times have you said or have you heard, I'll do it? Yeah, it sounds like many of you have maybe said that before. You'll do it tomorrow. This simple phrase has been the delayer of dreams, destroyer of relationships, and the downfall of people. There are so many who live with regrets because of this phrase. And for many of us, we just wake up each day assuming that the next day will come, that the next week will come, that the next year will come, but we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And there are some things that are just far too important for us to put off till tomorrow. And so we have been in this series, again, let me set you up because I'm going to set you up for success. First service, there were some people who got this wrong. Even though I've been in the series for the last five weeks, the title of the series is called I'll Do It Today. So when I said the title of this series is I'll Do It, there were some people who said tomorrow, and that is not the title of this series for the last five weeks. It's I'll Do It Today. So what is the title of the series? I'll Do It? That's right. So in this series, over the past few weeks, we have talked about uh, how today is the day to choose community over isolation. In another week, we talked about that today is the day to choose forgiveness. Another sermon, today is the day to trust God. Another one, today is the day to dream again. And two weeks ago, I talked about how uh, for us to complete this race of faith, today is the day to begin training and conditioning. And so this week, I want to continue with this series and build upon the message from two weeks ago about training and conditioning. We see multiple times throughout the Bible where the life of a believer is likened to a race of faith. And I want us to turn to our, in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It'll appear on the screen today. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand what you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We broke this verse down two weeks ago, and we talked about the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, cheering for your success. And again, if you missed last week or two weeks ago, I'd encourage you to catch up and watch it online. We also talked about in our training and conditioning, we have to lay down every weight and sin that so easily clings. And when we lay down that sin, that we continue to run in the race and we don't turn back to it. We fix our eyes on Jesus, and as we do, we won't, we won't grow weary and faint-hearted. The goal of our spiritual training is to cross the finish line at this end of our race of faith and hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In any good and healthy athletic or personal training program, there is an important step that if skipped or ignored can lead to catastrophic injuries. If you're wondering what that is, that step is rest. Exercise puts a strain on the body and mind. Exercising daily without taking a rest day can cause both physical and mental exhaustion. In one article, it said, not allowing the body to rest can cause a depletion of glycogen in the muscles. This depletion can trigger the body to use protein, proteins for energy, meaning there's less protein available to assist muscle repair and growth. Without a rest day, muscles, joints, and other important structures do not have adequate time to repair themselves. People may also become mentally exhausted and more prone to making mistakes while training. Continually pushing on without a rest day will eventually lead to injury. It's always fun to me when science reinforces a biblical principle. It's always fun to me to see when science reinforces a biblical principle. When it comes to our spiritual condition and fitness, God knew the importance of rest. In fact, he modeled it and built it into the order of creation from the very beginning. And I just want to tell you at the onset of this message, and I'll tell you again later in the message, that rest is not something that I've done incredibly well in my life. And I would imagine that for many of you, you would have the same testimony this morning. And so I just want us to approach these passages today with an open mind to realize that God wants to speak to us. And just because we've had patterns and habits established in the past doesn't mean that we should carry them into the present or to the future. And I think that this is one of the most ignored of the Ten Commandments in the church world. And I'm afraid that it's causing damage to the church, it's causing damage to families, it's causing damage to individuals. And so this morning, I sincerely pray that as we dive into these passages, as we look at the Word of God, that we would ask the Holy Spirit, is my life in alignment with your Word? And if so, then let's celebrate today and let's keep it in alignment. But if it's not, let's repent of our sin this morning and let's get back on track to what the Word of God says. Amen? So just like with our physical conditioning and training, if we skip the step of rest, it can have catastrophic consequences. One of my favorite commercials is the Snickers bar commercial where somebody's whining or they're just discontent and, and somebody looks at them and hands them a Snickers bar and they bite into the Snickers bar and magically they turn back into themselves. And the line in the commercial says, you're not you when you're hungry. 
right? I just want to say this this morning. You're not you when you're tired. We're not at our best when we're tired, and I'm far from perfect, and my wife will tell you that I am not a good version of myself when I'm tired. There are moments when I get snippy or agitated over small stuff, and she will look at me and say, you need a timeout. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> She's never told me I need a timeout. That would be fascinating. <laughs> She's told me I need a day off, but I believe some of you need to be put in a timeout right? But we wouldn't need to be put in a timeout if we would just follow God's way to begin with. So Genesis chapter 1 details the creation of the world, and then in Genesis chapter 2, God sets an example for us to follow. And as we read the Bible, we come across certain passages that we need to ask ourselves, is this passage descriptive or prescriptive? Is it just telling us what happened on that day, or is it prescribing something for us that we should be doing? For example, Last week, we celebrated water baptisms, right? And we can see in Matthew chapter 3 that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. And when we read that passage, we have to ask, was this descriptive or prescriptive? Is this just telling us what happened that day? And, and, or is it saying in order for baptism to be genuine that everyone must be baptized in the Jordan River? I don't think there's a single person in this room today that would say it's prescriptive and that we should all be baptized in the Jordan River, in addition to asking those questions, we've got to look at the full context of the Bible. And so in this specific situation, we see that other baptisms took place in other locations. And so as we look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 that I'm about to read this morning, I want you to ask yourself, is this descriptive or prescriptive? Genesis chapter 2, verse number 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Is this passage prescriptive or descriptive? I would propose to you this morning that it's both. That it's telling us what God did as well as setting a pattern that we should follow. In Exodus chapter 20, Moses has gone to the top of the mountain and God has inscribed the Ten Commandments on these two tablets. In Exodus chapter 20, verse number 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is one of the Ten Commandments. And I just wonder, have, have we forgotten that? I wonder for some of us even if we care. As we live in a culture that celebrates constant activity. I ran into a guy a couple of weeks ago who has recently expanded his business, and he said, things are so busy and so crazy, he said that I'm here from six o'clock every morning until nine o'clock every night, seven days a week. And there are some of you right now who are shaking your head and you're like, that's awful, but there are others of you in the room this morning who are like, that's awesome, that's what you should do. You should work hard. You should work hard long hours every day and make as much money as you possibly can because that's what culture tells us to do. 
Our culture celebrates this, all the while good people who try to keep up and sustain this pace crash and burn. Stephen Covey in First Things First wrote, people expect us to be busy and overworked. It's become a status symbol in our society that if we're busy, we're important. And if we're not busy, we're almost embarrassed to admit it. Robert Morris wrote a book called Take the Day Off, and in it he says, increasingly, even children are falling victim to our culture's obsession with busyness. Shocking numbers of teens and preteens are overscheduled, overcommitted, and underrested. As a result, children, too, increasingly show all the signs of stress and burnout. Guys, we've got to evaluate some things when our children are experiencing stress and burnout. Like that, to me, that's, that's crazy. It's not preparation for the rest of the world. There are certain things that our kids can encounter in life and we go, well, that's just great preparation. But when, we're, when our kids are so overworked and so busy when they're children, they're stressed and burned out, that's not, it's not healthy. The Ten Commandments were given by God to create a lifestyle that if followed would lead to greater satisfaction. In this grand design, he designed this incredible planet for us to enjoy, and in addition to that, he set about patterns. He designed a lifestyle that, if followed, would lead to health and enjoyment. And so we find this, uh, this commandment about Sabbath in the list of the Ten Commandments mixed in with, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall make no idols, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Not, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, and you shall not covet. And so, and this list is the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. And again, these commandments are for our benefit. And so what do we do when we look around and realize that our lifestyle more resembles cultural norms than biblical instruction? What do we do when we look around and realize that our lifestyle more resembles cultural norms than biblical instruction? Do you blow it off? Do you think everybody else is, is breaking the Sabbath, so I guess it's fine for me too as well? Everyone else is running hard in this rat race, and I've got to do that as well in order to keep up? What I hope that we do when we come across scriptures like this that shine a light on areas of our lives where there's been disobedience is that it would lead to repentance. And repentance isn't just saying, sorry, Lord, I messed up again. I'll try to do better next time. Wink, wink. Right? Repentance is turning away from, from the sin and committing to do the best that we can in the future with God's help to live differently. God created the entire universe, and then he rested. And I, I just encourage you to think logically this morning. Did God need rest? No. God, God didn't need rest. But he rested for our benefit. He rested to create an order and example for us to follow. And if we'll follow his design, then it leads to a better way of life. None of us are immune to this temptation of breaking this commandment. So I mentioned to you, even I've been tempted and have fallen short in this area in my life. But I'm trying as hard as I can right now to obey this commandment. And I think one of the reasons why this commandment is easy for pastors and even easier for uh, believers to to succumb to is because for me, if I, break this, if I break this commandment, there aren't immediate consequences, right? If I break some of the other uh, commandments, then I might be encouraged to find a new profession. But breaking the Sabbath is so accepted culturally, and there are a number of reasons why this temptation is great for me and easy to succumb to, and my list might look different than yours, and you might have some different things that you would add to it, but for me, one of the reasons is I'm a people pleaser, and so it's hard for me to say no. 
I just want to say yes to everything. And if I say yes to everything, then I'm never going to stop. The second reason why it's easy to break Sabbath is because of this device called a cell phone that follows me everywhere I go. And laptops have uh, allowed work to follow us anywhere. And the third reason why Sabbath is so easy for me to break is because I love what I do. Like, I get to pastor one of the greatest churches on the planet. Who wouldn't want to work seven days for that? I'm serious. Like, I, I, love, I love what I do, and so it's easy to succumb to this temptation. And so I've not been perfect in this commandment, but I'm trying to uh, allow the Lord to work with me on this area. And so one of the things that I did this summer was I took an extended vacation. And the temptation would have been for me to just take my work with me to where we were and just work from a different location. And, uh, but I knew that this was an opportunity that had never been afforded to me before, and so I wanted to steward it, uh, steward it well, and so I took some drastic steps to rest. One of the things that I did is I got a burner phone. So I got a number that nobody knew except for my family, and I left my regular phone at home. The second thing, and some of you are like, you did what? Yes, I know. It's hard to believe. You're like, I've had the same number since 1981. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so uh, family had the number. So if there was an emergency, then they would have been able to get in touch with me. The second thing that I did was that I signed out of all social media and my email accounts on every device. And so there was, and I, I, I checked out. And the benefits were many. I created uh, memories that our family will cherish the rest of our lives. The second thing that I did is came back well-rested. How many know that you're not you when you're tired? Okay, I came back well-rested. The other result is I modeled to the staff and ultimately to you that it's okay to disconnect and rest. And what's crazy is that while I was gone, more of you showed up than the weeks prior before I left. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not making it up. Like, numbers are our friends. The second thing is you gave more while I was gone than what you had given before I left. So I don't know what that says. Maybe it says I need to be gone more. I, need to... I believe there are many in this room that need this message more than you even know it. You need a day off to rest every week and permission to push back against the insanity of culture that pushes you to be on and available and moving 24-7. I think there are a couple of uh, global companies that we can look to, or at least national, that, uh, where we can see God's way works, and it works amazingly well. In a Business Insider article in 2017, Haley Peterson reported about Chick-fil-A that they generate more revenue per restaurant than any other fast food in the U.S., and it's, open, it's only open six days a week. They have 2,100 restaurants and none are open on Sunday. For comparison, uh, McDonald's has more than 14,100 locations in the U.S. Taco Bell has nearly 6,300, KFC 4,160, most of which are open seven days a week. Chick-fil-A generates more annual revenue than dozens of other chains that have more than twice as many locations, including KFC, Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Arby's. Even with fewer locations, Chick-fil-A does far more business in six days than most of their competitors do in seven. Companies like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A on a national scale have decided to honor God with this and the Lord has blessed them. Two weeks ago, Chris Carney uh, drove by and dropped off 400 brats uh, 
for our church and asked if there was anything we could do with him. I reached out to Pastor Derek Quimby, the Chi Alpha pastor at the University of Northern Iowa, and I said, hey, do you have use for 400 brats uh, before this weekend? And he said, no, I can't think of any reason why I would need 400 brats. And he said, wait, we have an after party tomorrow after Chi Alpha. And so we were able to bless him with those brats because of Chris. But uh, they're getting ready to open up Z's Diner across the street from our church. And, uh, and so I asked him, I said, what are the hours going to be? And he said, are, are the days that you're going to be open? And he said, we've not completely settled on it. Um, but he said, we're for sure not going to be open on Sundays because Sundays are for faith and family. And so here's what I believe. In the same way that God has blessed Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A for making decisions like that, God's going to bless Chris uh, and and Joy uh, for the stance that they've taken here. The principle of tithing that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that we would bring 10% of our income to the local church and trust God to live off of the 90%. And when we do, God blesses the 90% and it goes further than had we not tithed on it and kept 100% of it for ourselves. The commandment of Sabbath is similar in that it requires trust. It requires trust that God will help us get it all done in six days rather than in seven. On February 9th, 1945, Ralph Maloon, the president of Kraft, Correct Craft, a ski boat manufacturer, received a telegraph that said, how many boats can you make in 19 days? Everybody say 19 The sender of the telegram was the U.S. Army combat engineers asking on behalf of General Dwight D. Eisenhower, Supreme Allied Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Forces battling Nazi Germany on the other side of the Atlantic. The battle was going to have to move forward to Germany, and the only way to invade Germany involved moving tons of equipment and tens of thousands of men across the Rhine River. This task had fallen on the Army combat engineers who now found themselves needing 569 storm boats eight men, high-speed assault boats with 55-horsepower outboard motors that could quickly cross a river and beach at speed, thus allowing the soldiers on board to storm the other side. So they reached out to this boat-building company, as well as two others, and to show the magnitude of what they accomplished, they normally manufactured two boats per day. And how many days were we talking about? Nineteen. This family prayed about it and committed to producing 300 of these specialized crafts in 19 days by February 28th. They made the decision on February 10th. The message had come in on a Friday. The decision was made on a Saturday. And as committed Christians, the Maloon family had always closed the factory on Sunday. It says they didn't believe in working on the Lord's Day and felt it was wrong to ask others to do so. The government advisors told them that if they stood any chance of meeting the miracle production goal, they would have to run the factory seven days a week, of which there were three Sundays in this tiny window of time. I just wonder, what would you have done? 300 boats, a lot of money, what would you have done? They held to their convictions and they kept the factory closed on Sundays. And they told the government officials that they were setting out with faith that God would see them through. And so he saw his company's sand of faith concerning the Lord's Day as an opportunity to demonstrate God's power and glory to skeptics and doubters. To make matters worse, when they started out, the production was going very slow, but they continued to pray and the Lord helped them to actually get ahead of schedule. And so there were two other boat companies that were contracted to help produce this full number of boats. And even though they were working three shifts a day, 
Seven days a week, they were following, falling behind. But because they were, uh, correct craft was uh, falling ahead, then they asked them to, uh, to produce an additional 100 boats. So the Lord helped them, and they miraculously delivered 400 boats ahead of schedule. For weeks, people came from all over the United States to see the place where 400 boats were built in 15 days without infringing on the Lord's day. The owner said to us, it was simply an indication that the Lord has again honored the obedience of his servants. I don't think it's a coincidence. I believe that God helped them because they honored him. Sabbath is about trusting God, trusting God to help us get it done in six days and resting on the seventh. And I wonder, can you imagine if our entire church would take this commandment seriously? The impact would be drastic. People would be well-rested and more fulfilled. We would be, all be more physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. A number of years ago, I had a very uh, good person, well-intentioned, sincerely, this is a, a great individual, reach out to me and they asked me this question. They said, I reached out to one of the pastors on staff and I know it's his day off and he hasn't called me back. Is that, is that appropriate? And again, very good person, sincerely. And so I just said to this individual, I said, yes, it's appropriate uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, God tells us to take Sabbath. Commands us to take Sabbath, so everybody needs to do that. He said, well, it's just a, a really quick question for him. And I said, here's the deal. You're making the assumption that you're the only person calling this individual on their day off. And it could be that he's actually had 10 other people who thought the same thing. I just have a quick question that I'll ask them on their day off. And so the person received that well, and life went on. The reason why I share that story with you is because I want you to know that as a staff, we are trying to the best of our ability to obey God with this commandment. We're trying to live it out for ourselves and for the sake of our families, as well as to model to you, and to then, in hopes, not stand up here and be a hypocrite, right? To tell you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So moms and dads, husbands and wives, what would it look like for you this week to take a day off? What would it look like for you to not only just take a day off of work, but to take a day off from distractions? What would it look like for you to put your phone down for a few hours when you get home and engage with your family? What if on your day off you turned your phone off and you were able to engage in life in a new way? The men's group went through Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge a number of months ago, and in his book he writes, let's be honest, we prefer distractions. The more distracted we are, the less present we are to our soul's various hurts, needs, disappointments, boredom, and fears. It's a short-term relief with long-term consequences. What blows my mind is how totally normal this has become. It's the new socially acceptable addiction. He goes on, I've got a friend who decided to break with his. He now turns his phone off over the weekend. I text him, and he doesn't reply until Sunday night or Monday morning. I'm embarrassed by my irritation. Come on, man, you know the protocol. Everybody agrees to be totally available anywhere, anytime, 24-7. It's what we do. And he asks this question, what does it say that you look like some sort of nut job when you turn your phone off? What would it look like for us to slow down a little bit and to take a day off? 
Robert Morris, again, in his book, said we're so accustomed to being busy, overstimulated, multitasking, and bombarded with input to all five senses every waking hour that a few hours of quiet and stillness will seem just wrong. The fact is, where deep rest is concerned, boredom is a feature, not a bug. Nevertheless, it will take some time to break your addiction to busyness and become comfortable with the slow, still environment that leads to renewal. Sabbath should be about enjoyment, delight, and renewal. Sabbath should refill our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual takes. And God took this commandment seriously. So this morning, what refills your tank physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? And I would encourage you to explore those things. For many of you, your Sabbath is Sunday, and so today you have taken time off work, you've taken time away from your hobbies and anything else that would vie for your attention, and you've made it a priority to show up to church this morning to fill up your spiritual tank. And now you'll take what you've received today and tomorrow in your own personal spiritual disciplines of reading your Bible and praying and worshiping, you'll continue to refill your tank. There's some of you today who might go home and decide to take a nap. For those of you who are married, you might make some time to enjoy intimacy with your spouse. For others of you, you might turn on the football game and watch it or let it watch you. Others of you might go to a tree stand by yourself. Some might play games with their family and do something intentional to spend time with them. There might be a hobby that you'll partake in today, or you might simply just slow down and do this thing called rest. Here's what I know this morning is that there are some who are running on empty. There's this gauge in my truck that I absolutely despise. Frequently, it tells me that I need to stop at Quickstar and put some more fuel in my tank. And I'll just tell you that not one time when I've pulled up to Quickstar and gotten out of my truck did I slam the door, kick the truck, and start cursing at it and saying, you stupid truck. I just filled you up a few days ago, and look at how fast you burned through that, and now I'm having to stop and fill it up again. Can I just tell you not one time? Some of you are like, thank God. <laughs> I knew our pastor's weird, but that would set it over the edge. What are the gauges in your life telling you right now? And maybe for some of you this morning, that gauge is telling you that you're empty. You're empty spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Some of you have been kicking yourself. You've been cursing at yourself. You've been beating yourself up. When Jesus is just saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. What's that gauge telling you this morning? I would imagine that for some of you. It says you're empty and you need rest. In the Message Bible, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 
Will you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room? Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior and you say, today I wanna enter into a relationship with him. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time, or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. If that's you, when I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. One, two, are there others this morning? Thank you, you can put them down. Let's stand all across this room. There were at least two hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but each of us in support of you will also be praying this prayer. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer today, I would ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. I want to pray over us today. We leave time at the end of the service for the prayer team to come forward and for you all uh, if you have needs to be prayed over. So I'm going to pray, and then the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And after this prayer, if you say, I just want somebody to pray for me today about anything, I'm going to encourage you to step out of your seat and come to the front uh, and, and get prayer. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that at times we read your word and it encourages us. It shines a light on the things that we're doing well, and so we get to focus on that and celebrate that. But God, there are other times when we come across passages and your Holy Spirit shines a light of something that we don't do well, something that our behaviors and our actions and our attitudes need to come in alignment to your word. And so God, I pray for everyone in this room this morning who has treated your Sabbath lightly, who haven't been taken a day off like you've commanded, that today would be a day where repentance would happen. And that new patterns and habits would be established. God, I pray for those this morning who are completely exhausted emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. That in just a moment they would step out of their seat, that they would allow somebody to pray over them. And I pray that today would be the day where that gauge would begin to go from empty back to full. And that there would be new habits that would be established that wouldn't allow it to go back to empty again. And I pray that you would give us the courage to do the right thing. 
And I pray that as we do, as moms and dads, especially in this room, take a day off and they spend it with their kids. They put their phone down for a little bit and enjoy the presence. Lord, I pray that it would be sweet time. God, I pray for others as they lay aside the distractions and they just sit quietly for a few moments that once again they would hear the still small voice of your Holy Spirit speaking to them and speaking life into them and refilling, refilling that spiritual tank. God, today I pray would be the beginning of something beautiful and something special. As people lay down the cultural norm of busyness and nonstop 24-7, and they say, God, I'm gonna do it your way. I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna help me, and I pray that as, as we do that, that you'll bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Step out of your seats this morning as the worship team leads us and come forward for prayer. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.